I think the realistic expectation needs to be there and the frustration level when things don't go well can't be there. All right, welcome back, guys. We're we're getting a we're gonna get an episode while we're on the road here. Um, doing a it's kind of a Cali follow up, I would say. We we Cali came back. Cali is a dog that we trained for a series for YouTube. Uh, we called it Cali Keep On. I don't know how many I don't know how many episodes we're into it. Thirty some. Um, she came to us. We didn't. We probably didn't record her as often because there were, her training was a little bit different. Her training, she came to us at a year old, had her for about seven months. Really good foundation when she came in. Um, the client that we're training her for, my client, our clients that we're training her for, our friends of ours that we trained dogs for before. Cody Go Back is a series that we did. Um, Cody belongs to them as well. And I just got a message from him, actually. He's up in Canada, um, duck hunting right now, or ducking geese. And Cody's doing really well. So I got that message this weekend. Well, I had Callie back with us. Ben and I went up to the cabin this weekend uh, for Wisconsin's grouse opener. Um, Woodcock's not open yet by us. We'll be next weekend, along with ducks. Um, But we... We, we bird hunted her, and I sent her home in the month of August because I just felt like, and we wrote about this for Gundog, because we did a series for Gundog um, in their magazine this last year, and I, I thought it was an interesting series of, of articles, I guess you call it a column, but we documented her training not from the beginning because we didn't train her from the beginning she was trained by a kennel down in Tennessee called Riverview Farms uh, that's where she was bred and, and kept for the first year and actually she was going to be a um, they were going to keep her for their own personal hunting and they were going to do quail hunting with her uh, picking up quail not necessarily flushing quail but just picking up and so when, she, when, when Tom and Kathy bought her my friends they wanted her primarily for upland, and so we spent the first those first seven months for a, kind of adjusting her, I guess, um, to our style of of training a little bit, which was a little bit different than what she came in with, and more so getting her ready for for hunting, which was gonna we needed her to quarter and cast, we needed her to get out in front and flush, and obviously retrieve, and still maintain skills like steadiness because probably going to do some gun dog work with her as far as waterfalls so just kind of customizing her for the hunt is what we did and and at, in August I felt like the opportunities that we had on on pen birds basically the pheasants that we had raised just weren't doing it for her um, she didn't have a lot of interest in a pen bird I don't think they were real challenging to her they didn't really fly they didn't fly well they didn't try to run away from her. She was kind of numb to them a little bit because of her exposure, not necessarily during the, the training scenario, but like just we got birds there all the time. So I sent her back with Tom, um, and they did. she did really well with them, and it was a hot month, so there wasn't a whole lot we were going to accomplish anyway. Anyway, the whole idea was let's bring her back in September. We'll get her in the field, and we'll hunt her. And so I think 
with this episode, I wanted to talk about the last two days because it's Monday morning. We hunted Saturday. We hunted Sunday. And had some real good things. And so I just thought I'd talk about the idea of transitioning her to the hunt. Um, Saturday, I hunted her with Spry. And Spry is a really nice upland dog, uh, one of ours, and real high energy. Um, and I, I decided to hunt those two younger dogs together. When I say younger, Spry is four, and Callie is now two. Uh, we also had Ellie, and we had Taylor with. And I hunted those two together in the afternoon on Saturday, and then we ended up on Sunday morning hunting the, what did we hunt the two young dogs together again? No, we hunt, yeah, we hunted. Spry and Callie hunted together Sunday morning, and then Spry stayed home at the cabin. We hunted Ellie, Taylor, and Callie in the afternoon. So, real hot this weekend here in Wisconsin. I mean, we were mid to upper 80s on Sunday. Saturday wasn't as bad. Saturday was pretty decent, um, probably high in the 70s, low 70s. But so that was the one thing that I think I do want to talk about is the concern for the heat. Um, we had to slow way down Sunday afternoon. We stopped Sunday afternoon, let dogs cool down. I had the older dogs with, plus Callie. Callie had hunted in the morning, so she, was, she wasn't full of energy. The older dogs were struggling a little bit. They're probably not in, they're definitely not in like, hunting condition yet but they will be pretty quickly so we had to be pretty cautious of the heat we had to also be careful of the idea of scenting conditions um dry really dry up here the moisture in the morning i think does help with scenting the wind and the heat in the afternoon made it tough but i think also what made it tough was keeping in mind how the dogs process scent and when they're really winded and they're breathing to cool down through their mouths, they're just not they're just not able to use their nose with the same efficiency. So that was all things that we had to kind of keep in mind, take into consideration. Now, the hunt on Saturday, we ended up moving quite a few birds. I think we flushed 15 grouse and three woodcock. We had shots at, no, I shot at three. You shot at the same bird that I shot at. And then you got one. So, so we ended up shooting at four different birds out of 15 flushed. I, the other 11, maybe I saw one of them or two of them, but a lot of them we didn't see. Woods are really thick right now. So we moved birds that were actually very close to us, probably within 20 yards of us. And we couldn't, you know, we didn't see them just because of the cover. So that's the part that comes with the early season. Um, we ended up getting two on Saturday, and I would say Callie's transition to the field went really well. She ran with Spry well, which that's a nice part about having a nice, nice dog to work with. Uh, cultural impacts, both behavior-wise, I think it, in the house, I think it really impacts things. In the field, I think it does as well. Spry's got a real nice range. She's 20 to 25 yard max. And in that cover, that's you can't see her at times. So Callie ran with her, I thought, on Saturday. Although she did get her nose into some birds. We knew we know that because at times we did we broke up one brood of birds that had six or seven in it. And I had we had dogs on, you know, 30, 40 yards from each other on both sides of us. 
the birds are going up. So that was her first real opportunity. She did flush. I think I had. No, I didn't have her with, I guess, uh, a couple weeks prior when we found some birds scouting. So this really was her first chance to get her nose on some birds. And I don't think, I, you know, if I watched it, I was real happy and I texted Tom and said, she's a really nice little dog. I was happy with the range. She didn't go too big. She didn't stick too tight, which was the original problem. I couldn't get her to leave my side for, for months early on. But she, she worked really well. I think it was had a lot to do with working with a nice dog like Spry. Now the next day, on Sunday morning, that's where I saw a very nice next step with her. She she worked pretty independently. She didn't she didn't stick with Sprite nearly to the degree she did the day before. And she got a few birds up. Like I, I saw her bump birds. We didn't flush as many, we flushed five on Saturday or on Sunday. But the one part that was the real nice light bulb moment, I think. It was, you know, we saw things clicking. Was when we we got a, we got a couple. There were two mature birds, and and this time of year you find family groups. You you will find family groups, and we only found the one. And I feel like when you find these singles, a lot of times I think they're drummers, males on their own. Um, but we found these two together. They were nice big birds. Uh, moved into this thick stuff. I couldn't see Ben. I couldn't see the dogs, but the dogs were in between the two of us. And I was in some pretty thick stuff, and I, we heard a bird get up and fly out straight out in front of us. And I don't, did you see that one? I don't think I saw it either. Heard it because it was actually pretty close. And the dogs were really in there working hard. And it was pretty early. I mean, it was within the first hour of our walk. And so I moved. I remember seeing this little opening and I thought man if I, if I'd have been in that little opening I'd probably seen that bird so I kind of I kind of hurried a little bit because whenever you flush one early I always try to get into position because there's a real high chance of a second third fourth fifth bird that's in there so I kind of slid up into that opening and just as I did a bird got up in between Ben and I not far within 15 yards and crossed beautifully like most open I've seen a bird in a long time went past this giant tree and I can't believe I didn't panic I waited bird cleared that one big tree and I got a I got a really nice look at it took a shot and, and I hit it and bird sailed and probably went down 25 to 30 yards from me and some very really thick stuff so I watched the dogs because when these dogs, especially Callie, when she flushes, she's not sure what to do with it. And we've we've talked, we've worked with her to sit to the flush. So I think when she flushes, she pauses. Just a natural pause. Spry doesn't as much. I think Spry, if I want her to do that, I gotta get her on her get on a whistle with her. She's not sitting to the flush as naturally. And I'm fine with that. So dogs hesitated, bird went down, and I saw that. I had made a good hit on it. And so I said, okay. And, and then I took my phone out and I watched because I don't, I didn't know if the, I didn't know which dog flushed and I didn't know which dog, if they had any type of mark on it. So I took my phone out and actually tried to get the video going because I really wanted to get a, a, a little bit of video of the retrieve. So 
both dogs came out of the cover about together and they started to move towards where the bird had gone down but they were were quite short of it um and i don't know that they knew the bird actually went down because i i'm sure they couldn't have seen it so at that point the dogs came back to me but Callie was first and Callie's always pretty close so I don't know that that was telling to me but I then said go back and she turned and went back and really acted like she was putting this together with the idea of flush one shot checks in with me go back she turns and goes back and she really went to that spot of the fall so I do think she had a, a bit of a a bit of an understanding of the direction of where the bird was. And then I just let her work and gave her a little hunt command. And just the hunt command was just to try to put it in the back of her mind. There's something to be found here. And so she worked not real long, didn't take her long at all. And I had the camera rolling at that point. Ben, you and I were talking back and forth a little bit. And she came back and she had the bird. And spry is usually really quick on a bird. So because Callie had it, and I don't know that Spry was even that close to her, I'd have to watch that video, I don't know where she came out of, made me really think that I don't think Spry flushed that bird, I think it was Callie. I think, I think she put that bird up and made a real nice retrieve with it. So I think that was real positive because I, I'm looking for, so what are you looking for in your first hunts? Like there's a lot of people that probably went on their first hunt this weekend. There's a lot of people that are gonna go on their first hunts in the next couple weeks, whether it's for ducks and geese, whether it's for grouse, pheasants are gonna open up in a month, whatever it is. I think one of the things that I wanted to talk about was the expectations are so important. Your expectations are so important because I didn't go into this weekend, I expected that I expected she'd do pretty well just because I really feel like she's pretty prepared to the point where that's why I sent her home for a month because I just didn't know how much more I could do with her <clears throat> and I think it affirmed my thoughts seeing her work in the field so really her range was great I mean her I was very very happy with her range which was one of the big concerns and one of the big, not a concern, but it was one of the things we really had to focus and work on. Her birdiness is not going to be an issue. She's a, she's a really well-bred dog. She's got a good nose. It's not the best nose I've ever seen, but it's pretty good. And now her connecting of the dots is so natural. But I think that what it took was Saturday we bumped quite a few birds, 15 grouse in them. You know, and I don't know, we flushed, we, we hunted four hours, two hours in the morning, two hours at night. Couldn't go any further. Like, there have been days where I get so excited about the early season where I hunt, you know, after sunup, you know, an hour or so. I don't think grouse hunting, I don't think you have to go really early. I don't think the birds get down out of the roost very early. I don't think they like getting wet feathers. So they like to let it dry up a little bit before they're moving around. So we... We hunted four hours and moved 15 birds. That's pretty good. I know it's not the best. There are other places you can go and get more action. For me, that's a lot. So she got her nose on a lot of opportunities there that first day that 
probably didn't really handle it. And here's the other thing I think is important, and I think it's going to be a really positive thing for Callie, is to cut her teeth on grouse is challenging. I don't think it's a bad idea to do that with, with a gun dog or a bird dog. I think that too many pigeons, too many pen-raised pheasants, too much control, control, controlled. I think that's really good for introduction and understanding and overcoming challenges that potentially are there. Also overcoming potential like concerns with um, the idea of, you know, if a dog's a little timid, if a dog's a little not quite understanding what the hell to do with it. Those training birds are good. But to really get to a hunting standpoint, what I call a hunting dog, which is what I'm 100% after, I think you need those wild birds. And I think they really give them an education. I think they slip out on the dogs a lot. I think it forces them to really become sharp with their nose. I think it really becomes much more, well, it is realistic. And if they can handle that bird, that's one bird that, you know, I haven't hunted all the species of upland in the country. And I don't have a lot of desire for some of them at this point, but I really like hunting the king. I think the king is the king and it's appropriately named that. And when I say that rough grouse and rough grouse in the Northwoods, it's a really challenging bird. Now, I also was thinking about this last night and going, you know, as tough of a bird as they are, which they are, you see some of them are dumb as rocks and some of them are really put themselves and expose themselves foolishly. And those ones get shot pretty early in the season, I think. And, um, you know, birds off of roads, birds that fly into trees, that kind of stuff. But if you can get a dog to be able to handle that bird, I don't know that there's much you can't handle. And so for Callie, I think one of the great parts for her is she's she's going to learn on one of the most challenging birds because we're going to have her in that grouse woods quite a bit. And I just don't, I, I look at that and I go, she's going to have a hell of an education in the next four weeks. And I'm real excited about it. I thought in two days, less than 20, you know, 20 flushes, great strides for a young dog like that. I worked in the afternoon on some with the older dogs and I don't think that's a bad idea to have her working with multiple dogs as well. So that was my strategy this weekend, was expose her to stuff, give her opportunities to both follow some dogs, and then develop some independence when she got it, and I think she got it. And if she hadn't, that's okay too, because I'd have been just as happy. If Saturday had been, if we'd have been a, a repeat of Saturday on Sunday, meaning she just kind of followed, bounced around with another dog and got her nose into some, some good scent. I'd have, been just, I'd have been happy with that. The dogs that made the retrieves on, well, I should tell that too. So two dogs, two retrieves. On, now the one on Sunday, I think we'd have found, maybe not. Like it'd have been really hard to find without a dog, but it was dead. And so it was there. And if we'd have spent enough time, we'd have found that bird. The dog happened it made it happen in a minute or less. So that was great. And another great you know, example of why we do what we do with the dogs. But Saturday was a true example of why we do what we do with the dogs because that was like the conservation moment. The first bird I shot 
it was a poke. I mean, and I say this because, I mean, it was poke, not necessarily long. It was just really thick. I saw a flash of the bird. I shot at the top through a bunch of trees. And I would have said I missed it. I would have said there's no way I hit that bird. But I, I watched it and I could see it through the foliage and I could see it like angle down. And I just saw flashes of it after I shot angling down in a funny direction. And then I heard a thud. And I told Ben, I said, man, I don't know that, I don't know if it's possible, but I might have hit that. And the only reason I thought it was because I heard that thud. And it did seem to be flying a little funny the way it was angling down, but it wasn't going slow, it was going fast. And so then I thought, well, maybe the bird just hit him. You hear him hit branches and you hear him, you hear him hit trees when the woods is this thick. I thought, well, maybe that's just it. Maybe the bird landed there and it just hit something going down. So I told Ben to stand right there and mark where I was. I'm going to go over there. The dogs, I don't know if they were even close to when the, to the bird when it flushed. So I went over towards where I thought it was, called the dogs over and just told them to hunt. Gave them a hunt command to find it. And while they were hunting, I heard another bird get up. Heard a butt, I heard a bird flush. I thought, well, shit, that was it. Bird landed. These guys flushed it again. It's gone. But you never know. So I said, okay, I'm just going to let them work this area, work this area, work this area. And they worked and worked and worked. And they worked hard in that area. Didn't find the bird. So that was, you know, I kind of justified it in my head that we didn't get it. And it flew. That second flush was it. And I happened to see, like, in the distance, a little opening. And I looked at my map on my phone, and I was like, oh, there's a little water there. I'm going to take the dogs over by this water. It was kind of a beaver pond, like, pretty nice-sized water hole. So I said, let's go look at that. Brought the dogs over. They got a drink. And so we stood there for 10, 15 minutes. And it was about 50 yards, 60 yards from where I thought the bird went down. The bird was out of my mind at that point. So we decided, let's walk around this thing. Let's go this direction based on our map. So we decided to walk around that water. We got about 20, 30 yards, and all of a sudden I see Spry, and I can you can just hear she's breathing different, and her tail's really got to beat. I mean, you hear it in the trees. And you can really pick those things up. You can hear these dogs' body language You can with sound by how they're going through. So she's working through these popples, and I really hear that tail going almost like she's birdie. And I look down, and she's got that bird in her mouth, and it's alive. And I thought, you got to be kidding me. There's a little bit of blood on its head, and I'm like, it either knocked itself out going down. Somehow I winged it just enough. But that is like 100%. We're not finding that bird without the dog. Spry completely, you know, Spry's got a great nose, and when I bring her into an area, she's really birdie. When I bring her into an area, I feel real confident if it's there, she's going to find it. And sure enough, she did. And it, that bird clearly hit the ground and ran. And somehow she ended up, whether she slowed down enough when she got a drink to start using her nose a little bit more or whatever the reason was, but she caught wind. She picked the bird. She brought it back. We don't, we don't get that bird without her. And I picked it up and I actually threw it for, for Callie. And I let her pick it up. And I don't know that she was sure what to do with it either at that point. And I thought, well, this is just another little moment for her 
to put a piece of a puzzle together. She's picked up plenty of little Pendry's pheasants. This one's different. This one's real different as far as freshness. It still was kind of alive and flapping its wings. So we did that. That was, that was a lesson. Like that was a little training lesson in the middle of a hunt. She'd worked, worked, worked. She probably smelled birds. I know she flushed birds out of the group prior to that. And now this time she actually got to pick one up. So she maybe connected it to the idea of the hunt, but she at least connected a single individual link of smell this thing on the ground, pick it up, bring it back. Boy, he gets excited. And she might have picked up a link by watching Spry go, man, that dog just found one of those things on her own, brought it back. All little parts and pieces in the middle that these dogs learn. Now, the, later in the afternoon, we're going down and Ben shot Ben shot a bird and he, I, he was up ahead of me and it was a pretty open trail actually. It was on like kind of a road. He shoots this bird, gets up, he flushes it himself, shoots it, hits, and he motions to me, come here, come here, come here. And I thought, well, he knocked it down. So I didn't think much of it. I had Ellie. I lined Ellie like a blind, and I sent her on this trail. Well, she hunted. She, he was probably 50, 60 yards from me. She hunted a little short of him, about 10 yards from him probably, hunted about 40 yards out and broke down and started hunting the cover. And there's probably bird scent there, at, now that I think about it. That's probably where the there was probably scent on the ground from where Ben actually flushed it and ended up shooting it. It was another 20, 20, 30 yards from where she first broke down on the hunt. That's probably where that bird had some scent. She hunted, I stopped her on the whistle there, I backcasted her right past Ben. She went running past Ben. I ended up having to do it twice. She broke down twice. Again, now that I'm thinking about it, I'm go I was thinking yesterday going, she really broke down short and I should work on extending that backcast. But I got a feeling that she hunted she was hunting scent. I don't have a problem with that. I don't trial my dogs, I don't compete with them. So for me, I want a dog to hunt out and hunt back if it makes sense and it's logical and there's scent. So I don't discourage that. So I backcast her twice through through scent and then she hit like afterburners. And I think it's where that bird flushed and there wasn't ground scent to hold her nose. And I got a feeling she probably picked up some air scent from the bird, but ends up she hits it around a corner and I can't see her and I'm, I'm just expecting her to bring the bird back pretty quickly because Ben, I thought, knocked the bird down clean. Come to find out, he knew that he had hit it, but he thought he had hit the wing. And so he ended up knowing that. It was how many minutes? Five minutes. It was about five minutes that she was gone. I actually started walking back down the road thinking, well, she's going to be here. And she didn't, and she didn't, and she didn't. And finally she came up over the hill and she came to you with it. I think she held it for you. And it's flapping its wing, and it's lively as can be. And You know, the early season grouse, there's just so much woods. There's so much cover. You get a you get a chance to get a BB or two into them. That's about it. So both these birds were crippled. Both these birds clearly ran, and she had to track that bird. I don't know how far she did because we never saw it. But it took her quite a while to stay on that bird, and it she covered a pretty good distance. And here she came. And so two birds in a row, the first two birds of the season, both cripples, both nice, re nice recoveries, both nice opportunities for our dogs. Um, it was just a real, it was a real good positive weekend. Um, 
for all of our dogs. It's good for us. We put on 22,000 steps Sunday and 21,500 on Saturday. So, and we didn't hunt that much, I didn't feel, because of the heat. So, it was a real productive weekend. It, we, we accomplished a lot. I think we took nice steps in some of our transitional training. And I wanted to share that because it wasn't like, I wouldn't say, you know, next weekend we've got a, you know, a seasoned upland dog out of Cali. We won't have that maybe this year. But I think we'll be in really good shape come December. And so I want to say that because anyone who's, if you want to feel good about yourself and you, and, and watching me struggle helps you do that, go back and watch Bella last year on her first hunt in the timber. It was just a real mess. That wasn't her first hunt. That was third or fourth duck hunt of the season. It's on our YouTube channel. It's like episode 126. 126-ish on that series. It just really went bad. And we could have some real struggle bus trips with Callie here too. We're going to take her to North Dakota in a couple weeks. We're going to duck hunt with her next weekend up at the cabin. We'll grouse hunt with her a little bit. So she'll have a chance, very similar to Bella, to get her first opportunities. But I, I think the realistic expectation needs to be there in the frustration level when things don't go well can't be there you got to maintain that level of confidence in yourself and understand that the dog is young and just work through them and if you do you're going to be just fine and i think taking the pressure off yourself and going this is the opportunity i've been waiting for with her it's not going to be an overnight thing it's going to be a season-long thing and then I think we'll be in really good shape for next year. And then next year, it might be a season-long thing too. But by the end of a season or two, with a dog that's mature, both mentally and physically and training-wise, I, I have a pretty strong argument with anybody, I think, to say you'll be in pretty good shape if you do that. It, it's hard sometimes to, to go, ah, it's so far away. Yeah, it is. But what is the rush? You could have been saying that the whole time, and maybe you have been saying that the whole time, and I think it makes it nowhere near as fun. So I'm really excited about it, real happy with it. It's sharing a little bit of our journey with that dog. Hell, it's sharing, it's gonna be, you're gonna hear little stories about some of our dogs throughout the season as well. You already did here today. So appreciate you guys listening. If you do me a favor, take 30 seconds and at the end of this podcast, whatever app you're listening to, if there's a place that you could review it, if you'd hit the review, hit a review for us with stars or whatever it is. And if you really take the time to leave a comment, that would be huge for, for me. And I would greatly appreciate it. So Wonder Boy, we, we, our goal with this is to try to grow it. We're trying to do it as effectively as possible and the most, and, and try to keep it is enjoyable for you so if you would help us do that with, with by getting it in front of more people and the best way to do that is organically because we don't have much money and we're not sponsoring stuff and we don't take money for sponsors and we try not to flood this with commercials so our goal is to try to get to the point share the information with you and the best way for us to do it and grow that is to have that organic support from 
whatever search engine it is. And the more reviews, the more ratings, the easier it is for them to say, this is a good fit for this person. This might be recommended. So that's the reason we do it. We thank you ahead of time. We thank those that have done it because a lot of you have. And I can't thank you enough. That's that's the our whole reason for doing this. So appreciate it. We'll talk to you soon. Uh, we'll continue to put these out. Ben's found a little snafu and we're not getting a, they're not going to apple and we're figuring out that we've got several that have gone so on our website there's some a, a bunch that are live right now that you might not see on apple but hopefully by the time this plays that's fixed so talk to you soon appreciate the support enjoy these these next few months uh your pretty special time of the year